I have the pleasure to be joined today by Brooks Bryan here on the 60 Feet, 6 Inches LSU podcast. Before Brooks and I get going, um, this will be this is audio only, so this will be uploaded to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, should be on Google Podcasts in a couple of days as well. So make sure you access that. Make sure you like, subscribe to the channel, get notifications. Um, also on Twitter, you can find me at my personal account, which is C-D-E-M-O-U-I, C-D-E-M-O-U-I, but I'm really trying to pump out more content on the at 60 feet, 6 inches LSU pod Twitter account. And I'll be publishing a link to this as well on that Twitter account as well. So I had the pleasure of um, talking to a friend of mine today. We competed at once. This is ex, excuse me, former Mississippi State great, a former outfielder for the Bulldogs, Brooks Bryan. And uh, he's just joining me on the phone today. We're going to talk a little bit of LSU, Mississippi State, since the Tigers are traveling to Starkville this weekend. And really quick before I forget, and I'll make sure to mention at the end of the interview, but you can follow Brooks on Twitter at Brooks with an S, so B-R-O-O-K-S underscore Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. So make sure you follow Brooks on Twitter as well. And uh, Brooks, welcome in, brother. I appreciate you taking your time out of uh, out of your day to talk a little baseball. And I appreciate it, Chris. Uh, I'm up for talking baseball any time of the day, any day of the week, man. Yeah, I um, obviously we're friends. We maintain maintain contact for a couple of years. Uh, we usually text each other a couple of times throughout the year. But when I saw this series was uh, uh, happening this weekend, and then uh, I just got the YouTube channel up and running and, and the podcast up and going, I I reached out to Brooks this morning. And I said, "Hey, how close are you following Mississippi State this year?" And when you told me that you've been to every home game but two, uh, the wheels were in motion in my head. So. Um, I really love, you know, obviously you got an LSU fan base here. Just really want to get your opinion on the, the state of the program right now and how you see the, you know, the weekend breaking down from a Mississippi State perspective, you know. But um, so first off, let me just ask, obviously defending national champs and coming into this year, I've done some research on state, but coming into this year, what was your feeling or what were the expectations around Stark for this year around the uh, Mississippi State program? Yeah, I think um, for me, I think it was a, a little different than it was a lot of state fans. Um, just because being a former player, you know, just like you, I, I knew what what we lost from last year um, and knew that it would be hard to replicate anything that we've done that, we, that, we, that they did last year. Um, so I felt that there would be uh, a slower start for guys that to learn their roles, you know, that it usually takes probably, you know, a good 20 games before guys learn their roles. And this year we, we had to have a couple of guys to step up to take the leadership role that Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan have had for the last about two to three years. And before them, it was basically Jake Mangum and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and Magnum. So, you know, this year they're having to find a, a couple of guys, a couple of leaders that, have not been in that role before. And, and they've, you know, you can't teach leadership, you know, in my opinion, I think you're born with that. And um, they're just not struggling, but I think they've have, are having a harder time finding that leadership along with a couple of other things. But I think the leadership role is one of the main things that 
that it has taken a, a while for that to happen. But I think now, um, you know, we're what 25 games into it now, and and the guys are I think starting to learn the roles and and for a couple of leaders to step up and and learn what it takes to be a leader on you know on an SEC baseball team. Right. Uh, and when you say leaders, are you are you speaking mainly of um, kind of the position players or from a a pitching staff side of things as well? Uh, basically, either one. Um, okay. You know, going into the season, you know, my thoughts were were Landon Sims, who was our closer last year, that that was going to move into the Friday night role this year, um, the Friday night starter role. He was one of the ones that I thought would be the leader, and, and I think he's he is. Uh, you know, and, and if any of your uh, fan base does not know, Landon uh, basically had Tommy John surgery about three weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. he, his elbow you know, blew out of UCL uh, about 50 pitches in um, in the second or third series, uh, second series of the of SEC. So. Uh, we've lost him, and uh, but I thought he would be a leader, and, and I, you know Logan Tanner and Cameron James would be the two position players I thought could do that uh, and be in a leadership role. Which Logan's been the starting catcher now for the, this is his third year, and Cameron James is starting at, at, at third for basically his second full year. So uh, those were the guys that I was looking to to be the leaders of the team, and, and Luke Hancock too, and another guy at first base that has been through the battles. So those were the kind of the four guys that I was looking to, and. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's kind of taken a little bit for those guys to, to figure out exactly how to lead the team. But I, I get the feeling now that they're starting to come into their own with, with that, with that role. And, and even Landon, even though he's out for the year, he's still, you know, he still get, travels with them, dresses out and everything. So I think he's definitely taken on that leadership role just from a different perspective and, uh, kind of as a, uh, an assistant coach type role. Yeah, I, I remember watching him pitch last year in the College World Series and towards the end of the year, and I think they didn't. I think they hosted the Super Regional, wasn't that against Notre Dame? Is that is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember watching him pitch, and it seemed like he pitched every game and would go like seven, eight, nine, or he'd go eight, nine. He was just unbelievable. And then I saw, saw he got hurt. So how? Just sticking with him right now in the pitching staff, how has State adjusted? With him being your Friday night ace, you know, we've all experienced it, obviously, with uh, you played with Dubos and those guys and Jeremy Jackson, and I played with Coogan and Thompson. You know, it seems like every year uh, SEC teams have a uh, just a stud Friday night guy. And with him out, how has the pitching staff adjusted? Um, I think it's still a work in progress. Uh, <laughs> they <laughs> – they uh, and also the same weekend, uh, or I'm sorry, the very first weekend, um, uh, their no, their Saturday guy going into it, their number two guy, Casey Hunt, also got hurt. Um, and but he has slowly he's pitched twice since then in the last week and a half. So hopefully he's coming back. But so basically, state lost their num- their Friday and Saturday starters um, the very first series, uh, SEC series. So. It's been kind of, you know, what do we do? And so we basically, Friday Night Guy, it was our best uh, middle reliever from last year, Preston Johnson. He's been the Friday Night Guy uh, every every Friday night since, since, uh, uh, since uh, 
Uh, um, Sims went down. Since, yeah, since Sims went down. So um, Preston's been the Friday night guy, and uh, he's been kind of up and down um, in, in, in his role. And, and Parker Stinnett's been the, the Saturday guy, which, in my opinion, Parker's probably got the most upside and the most uh, talent uh, on the on the pitching staff. Uh, but he's he's been inconsistent throughout the year as far as throwing strikes. Uh, when he throws strikes, He's usually pretty effective, but uh, uh, kind of wildness gets to him sometimes, and, and he struggles uh, to work his way out of adversity. So, you know, to me, he's got the most upside, uh, but he's kind of the more inconsistent guy. Uh, where Preston Johnson, the Friday night guy, is more consistent. He he, does, he doesn't have the stuff as Parker does, and then I would say our most consistent and our Best, you know, just bulldog doesn't let adversity hurt him at all. He he likes adversity. He, you know, he, he wants the ball when the game's on line. Is Cade Smith? He's our Sunday guy, um, and I, I really like him being the Sunday guy uh, because I think you know a Sunday, you know, hopefully on you know Friday or Saturday you can win one of those games and go into Sunday to win the series. I, I really like him on Sunday, um, but we don't have it. Basically, that says. A, that goes back to saying I don't think we have a Friday night guy right now. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot, you know, if you look across the SEC, I don't think there's many Friday night guys out there right now. Obviously, Tennessee has has one or two. Um, right. Arkansas has right. one, but you know, there's not many other ones that that I'm. You know, a Friday night guy scares you like last year, man. Almost everybody everybody had a Friday night guy that you know you felt like. Hey, you know we need, you know, three or four runs is going to win this game type deal. But this year, I think the scores have been a good bit higher just because there's not, you know, I don't see those guys out there right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of uh, LSU fans can echo your sentiments with really the pitching staff in general in terms of inconsistencies to where maybe you see some guys starting to have roles established, the back end. I think it's getting a little more short up, but the front side, it's, you know, Blake Money is the Friday night guy, and he, he struggled the last two outings, just one beginning, and each outing has killed him. And then uh, Saturday, it's, it's kind of been a he's a program guy. He's been here four years and had his ups and downs, but he's thrown okay. He's not a, you know, he's really more of a reliever, but he's worked out in the starting role. And then on Sunday with LSU, you got two freshmen that have been splitting, kind of splitting the game up. You know, and they just kind of threw them in the fire with great stuff, but they're trying to figure it out as well. So those two staffs sound very similar. Now, do y'all have, a, a, you know, just looking at the stats and whatnot, but it doesn't seem like, do y'all have anybody on the backside, like a true closer in a sense, or is there somebody we can, uh, these the LSU fans can look for to kind of come in and shut the game down? Because I know Auburn just came into town and they had a guy, uh, Burke Halter was their closer. He's got like five saves on the year, and he was 95-96 with like an 89 slider cutter, and he was pretty nasty. Does uh, what state have on the back end of the bullpen that LSU fans can maybe look at in eighth and ninth when they come in the game? Yeah, so so right now that's kind of been a work in progress, also. But uh, so I'm thinking Jackson Fristo. Uh, he was a starter at the beginning of the year, and they he had a couple of bad outings, and they moved him to the back end, um, and he did really well. He came in at Arkansas Sunday in a tie game, uh, three to three in the ninth. Uh, worked out of a bases loaded jam, 
and it went 12 innings, and he stayed in the whole time, and State pulled out a 5-3 to three win where he went three innings to kind of shut him down. But um, he's got he's got really good stuff. He's a, probably a 92-93 guy, you know, 84-85 slider. But the slider's pretty good um, mm-hmm. if he can locate it, you know. But that's that's going to be the closure that State will have. So if State's up a run or two in the, say, the eighth inning come Friday, Saturday, or, you know, Friday or Saturday, he he would be in there um, to try to close it. And the middle relievers are uh, that's still been kind of a work in progress. Probably the best guy they've got right now is a kid named Brooks Auger. Um, he's really stepped up, kind of a big kid, throws straight over the top. Uh, pretty good fastball, you know. He's probably ninety three, ninety four, uh, with a with a good hook. So those are the two that I would say uh, have have been doing well the last couple of weeks. Before then. Like I said, it was a work in progress up until then. Yeah. Hearing you talk about velocities, I think um, – now, you were the hitter, obviously. And um, for those of you just tuning in real quick, I'll, I'll just remind you how you're talking to. We're talking with Brooks Bryan, former Mississippi State great, Mississippi State outfielder. Uh, he was in the College World Series, same time I was, 97-98. State went back-to-back. I think it was kind of like the SEC West is now. Back then it was uh, State, LSU, Auburn – Seem like we're all at the College World Series at the same time, but uh, and a regional MVP. So Brooks is nice enough to join us right here on the 60 feet six inches LSU podcast. Um, I will say this about LSU. It, well, my point was, it seems like you know when we were playing, everybody was 88 to 91, right? That was like a Friday night scout report. It seemed like now everybody's 92 to 94. <laughs> it just seems like right. everybody everybody throws the same, you know? That's right. I, I totally yeah. agree. I don't know. Kids are kids are bigger, stronger, faster now, you know, now than, than when we were, than when we came through and definitely the the pitching is as you said, I mean it's it's three to five miles an hour faster than, than what we're what we were accustomed to, but I think obviously they're used to it, so it I'm sure it is relative compared to what what it was relative for us, you know, twenty three years ago, I guess. Yeah, no, no, we're getting up there. I know we're getting up there. Uh well, it'll be interesting to see. I will, you know, we'll have to text after the series. But um, LSU does somebody, does have somebody on the back end that throws a kid named Eric Razelman. So he bumped 99 uh, last week. It's not the 104 that Tennessee is rolling out there. But he um be interesting to get your take from a hitter's perspective. You know, he's anywhere from 95 to 99. So he just kind of comes, kind of comes right at you. It seems like, you know, wow. those guys are – Every staff has one of those almost now, it seems like. But um, anyway, on, on, to your, on to your area of expertise. We'll touch a little bit on the hitters here. Now, I did notice that State does have the ability to run the ball at the ballpark. So on the year so far, um, now last night, they went off. They destroyed UT Martin. They hit six home runs, I saw. So uh brings them up to 54 on the year, which is good for third in the conference right now. And LSU's. LSU's right there with them at um, LSU's fourth, actually, at 51 home runs on the year. So what can we expect from the state hitters, you know, and what do you hope to see out of the lineup this weekend? Yeah, it's kind of like you said, it's been feast or famine um, several several of the weekend, Uh, but it seems like their batting averages, it, I think they've only got one guy right currently hitting over 300, Cameron James, uh, and the rest are 
you know, 270 to 290 in the middle of the order. Um, but it's, they've got several lefties in, in Luke Hancock and, and, uh, and Hunter Hines and Kellen Clark. Those are the three that, that hit a, I think they've got probably, uh, let's see, probably 25 of the home runs between those three guys, 20, maybe 24. Um, and because they, they, when they swing, they swing. You know, they they're not trying to to just put it in play. Um, so, you know, they they've really they've hit fastball pitchers well. It's the guys that have either kind of a sinking fastball or can really spot up a slider, uh, and then lefties give them. So far this year, a lefty pitcher has given them a little more of a challenge than than the right-handed pitchers where all speed pitches. So does, does LSU have any uh, left, lefty starters? No, they um, they have a left-handed reliever who transferred uh, from Arizona with the new coach this year. Coach Johnson came from Arizona. And uh, he's, he's kind of a lefty specialist. They'll leave him in there for an inning or so. but um, And he can throw multiple days. And he seems like he's getting back on track. He's very erratic, but... LSU. This is going to be an interesting series off a lot of things you're telling me, just because that's been my biggest complaint this year when watching the pitchers is nobody really has a dominant or consistent secondary pitch. So it will be interesting to see how those state hitters attack um, the fastballs from those LSU pitchers. But no, I mean, it's, it's, it's righties all weekend. You know, it's, it's a lot of carbon copy guys too. So uh, that should be Interesting. Now, does with the new dude, does it play? Does it play small? I'm not, I'm not sure of the dimensions or anything, but is it? Is it a you know? Yeah. What's it yes. play like? Yeah. So it's it's been playing small because there's been a. It seems like every weekend the wind's blowing, been blowing straight out, pretty much to right center, um, and it's right down the line in right field. It, it's. It's a short porch, uh, just because there's kind of a cutout uh, of where fans can stand for about uh, ten or fifteen feet off the line. It's it's a short porch, but uh, it it's, it plays a lot smaller than the old dude did back when we definitely when we played. It kind of it yeah. seemed like it played a lot bigger, even though with the with the drop five bats made it a lot a lot better for hitters. But um, it is it's playing smaller, um, but Every weekend, like I said, the wind's been blowing out, and I think they're expecting a little wind this weekend because the, I think the temperatures are, are, are dropping after this front comes through, and um, they're expecting, I think, a little bit more wind too. So uh, I think it could be, uh, you know, some home runs hit between both teams since they're both over 50 already. Yeah. Yeah, LSU's lineup goes um, – but I'm looking at State's lineup right now, and you got – you know, three home runs, eight home runs, six home runs, nine, seven, nine, six. I mean, any it's these two teams are are, are interesting in the fact that they're they're very similar when it comes to a lot of stats. And I'll kind of get into that more when I do the preview. But it seems anybody can run it out the park for state one through nine. You know, and and like you said, you may only have a couple guys hitting over three hundred, but you don't really have anybody that's hit. You don't have you're not running three guys out there that are hitting two twenty. You know, everybody's between 275 and 310. So it seems like it's just a tough lineup through and through, you know? Yeah, and and, and I think they're coming together and improving every game. 
um, it was a struggle early. And but you know, I think a lot of that had to do with a new season, maybe a hangover effect from the national championship. Also, mm-hmm. it, it's been cold a lot of the season. Hitters hate the cold. I know pitchers do too. Um, but I think it's just been a combination of everything. And and stay, you know, for the last several years has been a kind of a slow start team through the first 15 or 20 games and then kind of pick it up as the season goes on. Just like, you know, last year, it it happened last year where they got hot late. Um, you know, so that could possibly happen this year where the fan base is down on the team, you know, four and five mm-hmm. record right now in the SEC. But, you know, they got a big win at, at Arkansas Sunday. And if you're gonna only going to win one, you know, in my opinion, the best one to win is the last one to try to build some limit momentum for the next weekend so they won that one you know kind of uh, in an extra inning game so hopefully this could be you know this is a series state needs to take two out of three um not because it's lsu or not because you know whatever but it's because of a home weekend you know my my philosophy this year with this team is win two out of three at home don't get swept on the road finish 15 and 15 in the sec and uh that that's kind of right now where my focus would be with this team that um moving forward. Yeah, and I think um I think LSU fans would probably echo that sentiment from what they've seen throughout this year. I think the hopes may have been a little higher looking at the lineup and the transfers they had coming in from the hitting side of things and just didn't really know what they had with regards to pitching. But right. LSU's obviously they've dropped two out of you know they're sitting at four and five as well, coming off a disappointing home series loss to Auburn, to where if a couple things fall LSU's way or they make better pitches or, or make more plays defensively, then they take two out of three, which we, well, that was my prediction last week on the sixty feet six inches uh, YouTube channel, and. LSU played really well on the road at Florida this year. Actually, beat the crap out of them Saturday and Sunday, just about ten both times. So, as you mentioned it a second ago, what what's dropping two out of three series in the SEC so far? And obviously, Arkansas is tough. We both know that. And LSU travels to Arkansas next weekend after State. Is, is there any rumblings about not not the coach or anything? And they just came off a national championship, but. Are people just disappointed in how the season started off so far? Are they still on a national championship high where it's just kind of – they understand, you know, they're good baseball fans over there in Starkville. I mean, they're great. They understand the game. It's just what's the sentiment, you know? What, what do you hear? Yeah, so I don't think there's there's much of a hangover uh, from, the, from the fans' <laughs> perspective <laughs> right now. They expected it right back there. That's right. That's right. The fans have uh, kind of gotten greedy. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it is an educated fan base, um, just like LSU is. But when they get the taste of success, then when adversity comes so quickly after, um, there's, uh, there, there's, there's rumblings of, you know, anytime something's not going right, there's all, everything's magnified then. So, you know, is the coach is playing the right players? Why is this not happening? Um, and as former players like you and I are, we know what the locker, you know, what the pulse is in the locker room, and and know that it's not something that's that's a big problem. It's, you know, you know, I kind of go back to 
to two weekends ago when we played Alabama at home, we were three pitches away from sweeping. We won two out of three, but we were three pitches away from sweeping the series, but we were also three wow. pitches away from getting swept. I mean, it was that, <laughs> it was, it was that close, man. And, uh, so, you know, the Arkansas, first two Arkansas games, they jumped out really quick and early and jumped out to big, big leads and, um, just kind of coasted through the rest of the game on both of those. So, um, it's, it's definitely rumblings of just frustration of of thinking that they should just be able to be instead of four and five right now they should be seven and two and realistically as former player you and I both know that whenever you look at what was lost from last year you lost a first round pitcher your Friday night guy Bednar from last year then your Friday night guy that you had this year is on the shelf for the rest of the year your Saturday guy it has been out since since the uh, Tulane series. And, and I said Sims had been out since the first or second ACC weekend. Actually, he went out against Tulane. He, uh, just to kind of go back to that series, we were playing in Tulane, and Sims had thrown 51 pitches and had 11 strikeouts and uh, in, in just 51 pitches. And, and, and that's when uh, he threw a pitch and signaled to the dugout. You know, he, he, basically his hand was numb and, that was it. So, but he had, he had set those guys down. But that's when he got hurt with the Tulane series, which was back three or four, you know, I guess four weeks ago now. So he he didn't even get to throw in the SEC weekend. So um, I, I needed to correct myself from from when I said that he had thrown the first weekend. But anyway, so but yeah, the fan base is uh, it, it's definitely not a hangover. Most of them are just kind of frustrated. But I mean, two weekends ago against Alabama, we had. Uh, 11,000 there on Friday night, 14,000 there on Saturday. I think seventh largest crowd ever on, on campus, and that was against Alabama. So I'm going to say if the weather is good Saturday, that it could it's yeah. going to be a 14,000 14, there Saturday, I would think. That's awesome. What a, what a, I've seen pictures of the stadium and everything that y'all have done over there, and it looks like an amazing atmosphere and a really cool environment. Now, one thing I do uh, want to ask you about is one more. I've got a couple more questions for you, but LSU fans, the biggest, the, their biggest complaint this year, and really LSU's Achilles' heels this year, has been their defense. It has reared its ugly head when you the the worst time it could possibly happen. It has led to big innings on numerous occasions. It is whether people don't get a there's multiple reasons for it, but. Guys playing out of position, guys not having good fundamentals. It's just been atrocious. Just to not that you're attuned to LSU's defense. If you look at the fielding percentage, LSU is last in the conference in fielding percentage, and State is actually the second best team in terms of fielding percentage. I saw they only have one pass ball in the year, and uh, their errors are, are are very low when you look at errors per game. So is that has that been a staple of of this program the last couple years, or you know, obviously the pitching, like you said, it's kind of up in the air, but obviously they have a defense to fall back on that, you know, when you if you're a pitcher and they put the ball in play, you can feel pretty confident that thing's going to be caught on a regular basis where LSU that may be struggling with that right now. Yeah, yeah, the defense, uh, of course, all the fans remember the, the one or two errors that are made every weekend. Um, so uh, they would they would feel like State is not the second-best fielding team in the sec but 
They they are, and and uh, the guys have gotten better. The thing that's hurt State this year is not the defense. It's the pitching and basically the walks where the first two games against Arkansas, they, they didn't have to bat, obviously, in the bottom of the ninth because they were ahead both games. So in, I guess, 16 innings uh, pitched, State walked 23 guys in two games. So that's over one wow. inning that they averaged in yeah. those first two games. And then on Sunday, they walked, I think, two or three, and that's why they won five to three. So that's been, I think, the biggest issue with, with State is, is free passes, man. If if they throw strikes, State usually has a chance at, you know, going into the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning to win the game. It's when they give up, you know, eight or nine walks a game that they struggle. Um, I think that's what it's come down to. But, yeah, the, the pass ball, you know, we'll get back, you know, Logan Tanner, uh, I think he's, you know, if he's not the best catcher in the SEC, I would like to see who he is. I think he's a first-round guy. I think he's wow. got the arm, wow. um, uh, and he can hit. Um, he's got – I think he's up to five home runs. He had a really slow start, but I think he's got five home runs now in the year. He had 10 or 11 last year. Um, but he's a – I think he's a – I think he's a big league catcher. Uh, I know you mentioned the pass ball, uh, pass balls, and he's only got one on the year. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's a he's a staple – this will be his last year. This will be a lot of the guys last year in the field. Um, so they're a, okay. a seasoned team in the field. Um, and so I think that has paid big dividends as far as defensively. Yeah, so you can tell your state fans over there, your state buddies, you can say, hey, you think we have a lot of errors. So y'all only have 16 errors on the year. One pass ball, which is amazing to me. Amazing. And – by comparison, LSU has 45 errors on the year and eight pass balls. So, wow. I mean, they're they're last in the conference in fielding by a wide margin, and it's um that's really led to a lot of crooked numbers and big innings this year, and really shot themselves in the foot. So, from an LSU fans' perspective, I mean, that is a hot button issue around Baton Rouge and, and the message boards and the talk shows, and it is uh, it's been very frustrating for a lot of fans to watch. Um, this year, but just want to remind everybody that we have uh, ex Mississippi State great Brooks Bryan who's joining us on the sixty feet six inches LSU podcast today, giving a preview of LSU versus Mississippi State this weekend. And uh, Brooks still very close to the program, attend basically all the games, so giving us some great insight in terms of what he's seen with the Bulldogs this year, kind of how they started off, how he thinks they're coming into their own, and so. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you about as we kind of start to wrap this up before I get your prediction on the series. And um, I do, I'm always curious. I've always wanted to ask somebody uh, what y'all, I, I think LSU and state have written the, the baseball tradition, in the history of these two programs is, is by far and away the best in the SEC. I mean, when you say rich tradition, you know, I can think of all the, all the names that come out of state with, you know, obviously, with Palmero and Will Clark and Brantley and Thigpen and all the guys we played against. And I forgot Papelbon went there. I forgot about that. And just guy after guy that you name and same with LSU. But I've always wondered from an opposing player's perspective, you know, what, what, what is it, what was it like to play against LSU? Or um, I know for me, so I'll give you an example. For me, when we played y'all, when I think about Mississippi State, ton of respect for y'all in that dugout. And I think a lot of it had to do with Skip and Ron, Skip and Ron Polk's 
relationship. They were friends and they coached a lot together with Team USA and stuff. But we knew that y'all were going to play hard every game. You played the game the right way. You definitely never gave up. And for me personally, y'all were the worst team to pitch against. I always thought the way y'all approached uh, y'all's hitting philosophy or the way y'all approached the bats to where you took walks, it felt like you didn't strike out a lot, hit a lot of singles and balls in the gap. And I hated pitching against y'all because I just knew it was going to be tough. Y'all didn't swing a lot of balls in the dirt. You drove up pitch counts. But we always had a lot of respect for y'all. And I think um, we knew a lot of y'all's players and vice versa. We played with y'all during the summer. But it's almost like if LSU is not in the College World Series and State is, just because I know the reputation of the program and how hard y'all play, I always had a lot of respect for y'all. Now, I don't know if it went both ways or y'all y'all couldn't stand us, but I've always wondered, you know, another another SEC team's perspective on LSU and what it was like, you know, what that what that's like to play against them every year. Yeah, definitely, man. It, I'm going to echo what you said with respect to, but, you know, when we played, uh, I guess it's been, I, mean, I think I said 22 or 23 years ago now, I guess it's been closer to 24 or 25, but. Yeah, um, like 25, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when we we would come to the box or, or you guys came to Starful or, or in Omaha, you know, I, we played you guys uh, in, in Omaha in, in 90, I guess it was 98. Um, 98, yeah. Man, it, it, yeah, it was just, it, it was 100% respect. There was no animosity um, because we knew that basically we were playing a mirror image of each other because, as you said, we were the cream of the crop at that time in the SEC and we also, you know, Auburn, Alabama, and Florida during that time were were a step below. I think uh, you know our two our two programs at the time, and and with with Skip and Ron, you know, with with their friendship and and um, coaching philosophies, where you know you mentioned we were singles and gap hitters, where we knew you guys were, were gorilla ball guys, and and tried to not you know, tried to hope that the home runs would come when nobody was on base rather than have a couple of guys on base uh, when that would right. happen. And then, right. you know, you guys pitching staff with 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 you and, and, you know, I faced Dougie at Gulf Coast when he was down there and I was at East Central uh, Junior College and uh, and then Keesler, you know, mixing Keesler there. And, yeah. Um, so, so you guys, man, you know, and you guys would come right at us, man. We saw more fastballs against you guys, I think, than – than anybody else, just because you guys were like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it across the plate. You guys come and hit it," you know. So I, I really like I really like facing you guys because that's that's how it was. We knew that you guys respected us, and we respected you guys, and the, and then the fans, the fans kind of put it over the top for both of us as far as uh, our fans, you know, were going to support us and come to come down to the box and we come there, and and vice versa when you guys come come to the dude and Starful and. Um, and the the fans respected us, and I and I hope that our fans did the same thing with you guys. Where, you know, it was during the game, it was, you know, a lot of talking because um, you guys had fans in the outfield just like we do um, <laughs> when, whenever I was out there. But but after the game, man, I mean, it was it was all respect even from the fans, and I think that's what made it even more different than than when we played other schools. And you know, the fans either didn't care or it was more animosity from the fans rather than respect from the fans. So, you know, I think wrapping a bow on it, just there was respect from the whole program, including the fans from both sides, and it made it so fun to play each other, man. Yeah, it. Um, I agree with that 100%. And it, it was just 
I told somebody the other day uh, who played college baseball. We did, but he played on the West Coast. I was telling him that, you know, just about us in state, it was almost we competed on the field. But honestly, you know, I'm not trying to sugarcoat this, but I could see us, you know, after the game, you know, almost like shake hands and be like, hey, man, we'll just see y'all same place, same time tomorrow. Or even go cutting up in the hotel together. But knowing, you know, once we got out there tomorrow, we had a job to do. But, uh, yeah, very similar feelings. And I think I speak for all my teammates when I, you know, we just felt the same way about y'all as well. So very tough. Y'all, y'all, uh, yeah, y'all hurt my feelings on several occasions. So I look back at some of those box scores today and they were not, <laughs> they were not pretty. So, <laughs> but, um, well, that's it, man. We really appreciate your time, Brooks. And thanks for giving us a ton of insight. And real quick, I got, I got to get a prediction out of you. So how are you seeing the series shaping up this weekend and what's your, what's your prediction so far for the LSU Mississippi State Baseball Series. Yeah, so since it's in Starville, uh, I'm going to go with State winning two out of three. Um, I really feel like Sunday, Kate Smith will, will do what it takes, uh, the starting pitcher on Sunday. Uh, I, I, I like him the best. It, it, just his, the way he approaches the game, just a bulldog as far as mentality. Uh, adversity doesn't affect him at all. Um, so I think they get the Sunday game and then – Somehow, some way, find a way to, to win either Friday or Saturday. Um, I don't know which one. Um, I think if if Parker Stanett on, on Saturday is is on, he, he like I said, I think he's got the most upside. So if he's on, I think they'll have a good shot, shot Saturday. Um, where Preston Johnson on Friday, you, most of the time he gives you a, a good solid start. He throws strikes. He struggled a little bit at Arkansas throwing strikes, but most of the time he throws strikes. So um, if State throws strikes, I feel I feel like they'll be in the game, uh, and not just against LSU, but just against anybody. As I said, you know, throwing strikes has been their Achilles heel, where, where defense has been, from what you said, LSU's Achilles heel. So, um, But I, I'll take State two out of three with, with State winning the Sunday game and, and – finding one either Saturday, uh, Friday night or Saturday. That sounds good. Well, I appreciate it, man. There you go. Some honest feedback from my buddy over there in Starkville, with Brooks Bryan joining us. So don't forget to follow Brooks on Twitter. It is at Brooks underscore Brian. That is B-R-O-O-K-S underscore Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. And I just can't thank you enough for catching up, man, jumping on here. And make sure everybody out there, this will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, We'll get it up on Google as well. I will send out a Twitter tomorrow from both accounts, linking y'all to the pods. But, Brooks, have fun this weekend. And um, definitely need to get out there and see the new dude over there. That looks like just a gorgeous facility and cut up with y'all out there, man. I would love to do that. Absolutely, man. You're welcome anytime. And it's it's, it's, a, it's a great time there. And if you have any buddies uh, coming up this weekend, and give them my number, tell them to, tell them to hit me up, and I'll – I'll try to uh, make sure they have a good time up there and and show them around a little bit. Uh, That sounds good, brother. Uh, Enjoy your time this weekend. Thanks once again. We'll see you all soon. Thanks, Chris.